Yellen sends one to right center and deep. Get up! podcast on twitter at trilogy underscore pod and you can find us on youtube wisconsin sports trilogy today we are going to first acknowledge the uh, passing of two milwaukee greats uh, don sutton and hank aaron and then we will be joined by special guests john eaton or as you probably know him brett Suter's actual raptor we'll be discussing some free agent talk and getting caught up with him regarding all of what's not happening with the Milwaukee Brewers, but more so what we wish was happening. So Trevor will be joining us for that portion of the podcast as well. Before we get there, as I mentioned, I do want to talk a little bit about Sutton and Aaron. Sutton, of course, joined the Milwaukee Brewers in 1982 and was here for three seasons, left for Houston in 85, is most famously known for pitching in the final game of the regular season in the 82 season and coming through and getting the Brewers a victory, winning the pennant, and doing so when he was sicker than a dog. So the Brewers had uh, lost Raleigh fingers. They had been feeling kind of down, and he battled through the adversity of that game and outpitched another Hall of Famer, Jim Palmer. That's really like what his legacy was here with the Brewers, what he's going to be remembered for. And man, what a great moment for Sutton and the Brewers. So that is him. Sad to see him go. Sounds like he passed away peacefully in his sleep earlier last week. And then Henry Hank Aaron passed away as well. So very impactful man. He first broke Babe Ruth's home run record when he hit number 715. And, you know, to do it during the times that he did with the color barriers and everything is is just absolutely outstanding on what he did. He was known as a great person, a great human. I want to share just a little video clip that I found on MLB Network of him. It, It goes over that 715 home run how his mom was on the field with him there's a little clip in there from his hall of fame speech and then it ends with what he wants to be known most for and it is definitely worth a couple minutes of listen so here you go here's the pitch by downing swinging there's a drive into left center field that ball is gonna be out of here it's gone it's 715 there's a new home run champion of all time and it's Henry Aaron. The 
about you come a long ways, baby. You know what I mean? It's from Mobile, Alabama, all the way to breaking one of the most prestigious records in baseball. You know, I feel very proud of myself. I don't know how my mother ever got out of the stand, but I guess she was bent on being out there, you know, which was fine with me, but she, she gave me the biggest, tightest hug I ever had in my life. I don't, I, I don't know how I got loose. He had tears on his cheek and tears in his eyes, and I remember being stunned. I said, Henry Aaron is crying. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. I just thank God it's all over with. Thank you very much. At the time he called it quits, Aaron was second all-time in runs and hits and had more home runs, RBIs, and total bases than anyone who ever played the game. A tribute to the remarkable quality and consistency of his career. The way to fame is like the way to heaven through much tribulations. It had been for me to quote a very popular song, a long and winding road. He was a pillar of strength, and if anybody, black, white, red, or technicolor has a problem, you can look at Henry Aaron and say, look at the strength he had. I think that people can look at me and say, you know, he was a great baseball player, but he was even a greater human being. All right, and welcome to the podcast, John Egan, uh, another contributor for reviewing the brew, joining us on the podcast today. We're really excited to talk about all the super great moves the Brewers have made this off season. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're here to talk about what we, what they what we wish they would do per se. But before we get into some free agent talk, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find the work that you do, and. And any other little random fact you think we should know about you? Sure. Yes, I, I write for Reviewing the Brew, Brew as well. Uh, I am Brewers Raptor on Twitter, uh, Brent Suter's actual Raptor. Uh, and yeah, I also write for Wisconsin Sports Heroics and uh, Zone Coverage Minnesota. Basically, the Vikings are paying me right now to write a weekly Packers article. And it makes me happy <laughs> to no <laughs> end. Yeah. <laughs> I want they wanted, that gig. <laughs> basically, they wanted like uh, to start expanding their brand to be like, well, why don't we have Packers perspective? So like Vikings fans can kind of like read about the Packers and what they're doing and their, what their fans are thinking. It makes me happy beyond end that every week they they pay me to write about the Packers for a Vikings website. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> you get it to is. tell it's them nice. how a successful organization is ran. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's weird. I mean, this year like it's just it's just doom and gloom, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's me and another guy who just write about Packers every week. It's like the defense is doing great. This is great. Aaron Rodgers is the best. This is gonna happen. We're gonna take him down, and then and they're just writing like. Do we need a new GM? Does our owner need to die? Like, it's just, it's just always, it's doom and gloom. Oh, gosh. You know, if I was a Vikings fan, I'd probably be the same way. So I guess I what can't was it, blame them. Was it today where they the offensive coordinator is retiring? I don't know. All I heard is our rival quarterback in Stafford is leaving. That's not Minnesota related. But in the realm? Yeah, in I the re- realm, I, for sure. I already heard he's linked to the 49ers. That sounds dangerous. I don't like it. I've heard <laughs> the 49ers and the Patriots, so that should be fun. And you are correct. Gary Kubiak did retire huh. after one season in Minnesota, in Minnesota. I mean, I would probably retire after one season in Minnesota as well. So. Yeah, I think they said it's set six straight offensive coordinators 
for the Vikings, I think. Jeez. Nothing's going to change till you get Cousins out of there, so I think that's the real problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this isn't supposed to be a podcast about how much the Vikings suck, as enjoyable as it is. So let's uh, shift over into some Brewers (laughs) topics here. So, unfortunately, the Brewers have only been rumored to two players this entire offseason. I mean, Jack Peterson all the way back in November, believe it or not, and then most recently Marcelo Zuna. Um, Brewers are one of six teams <laughs> listed who apparently showed interest, despite, um, I think it was Hector Gomez who tweeted out, I don't know how credible he is, not very. So uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Are any of these signings with these players still possible, or would you like to see it or not? John, we'll start with you. I'm okay with Jock Peterson. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't a huge, I guess I really wasn't on the boat in November because I thought there was so much off season and so many players available, especially specific infield players that they, they could still target. So it was just weird to see that out there. I mean, obviously as to outfield depth, but uh, yeah, some DH work, but it didn't make sense to me. Uh, Ozuna makes zero sense to me, honestly, unless they plan on trading Garcia or somebody else away for some young pitching arms or a young infield prospect like Urias. So I don't know. I don't get the Ozuna thing. I, I don't know if like, I, I think one of our chats, we were saying it just sounds like Stern's trying to stir the pot or, you know, trying to have someone over overpay for him in the central instead of us or something like that. I don't know. So I'm not sure. I don't think we'll have either of them, but uh, Peterson, I'd rather have more than Ozuna. Yeah, and Tyler knows, our listeners know, that I am a huge Marcelo Ozuna fan. Um, okay. So I would love that, but you, the the salary ramifications are crazy. Like, what they would have to do to get him on the team might, I think, as your guys' editor, David Gasper, put it, it would create more problems than it actually solves. So I I agree with that. But if there was a way, you know, to trade a Avi Garcia and make the money work and not have to salvage the rest of the team, I would be all in on that if it could all work out like that perfectly. But I don't think with the money that he's going to command and he wants, it's going to work out that easily. No, I agree, because I mean, he's coming off a tremendous 2020 season. I mean, led the MLB in homers and RBIs. Guy batted 338, you know, shortened season, take it for what it was. But his track record in years previous uh, will speaks for itself, and is he's definitely going to get a big deal somewhere. Uh, it's just a matter of where, you know, because we've seen, like, who was it that signed with the Blue Jays the other day? He got a fairly big deal. Um, Springer? Springer, yeah. He got, like, $150 million, didn't he? Yeah, six years. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then as for, like, Jock Peterson, I don't know. Like, he – everyone says, oh, outfield depth. Like, it'd be good. But Peterson, from what I looked into it, is strictly a platoon-ish player. He never hits left-handed pitchers at all. Granted, he hit 36 home runs in 2019, but all of them came against right-handed batters because he just never played against lefties. So wow. that, I think, okay. would be an issue. <laughs> Well, and, and knowing the Brewers, I'm oh, they they put them out there. I mean, I, not necessarily it comes and goes, but it feels like they throw those guys out more often if they need to for offense than than restrict them. That's true, and that, that kind of brings us into like another hole. Like we have potentially Dan Vogelbach at first base, who as a left-handed hitter, what what is that going to look like if he has to play the field? Is he going to be the everyday guy to hit against both-handed pitchers? I don't even know if I trust him in the field at this point. So I really would like to see us go after a first baseman because pretty much everyone who was on the market in October is still out there to be signed. 
They are. And, and yeah, it's, it's very strange, but I, I just don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know if they're waiting for a second wave of signings. I mean, there was there was some signings this week, but there, it seems like there's going to be so much more before pitchers and catchers report. I mean, probably even after that, it looks like it's definitely a weird offseason, but I can't remember being at this late in January and not having, you know, a roster filled. It's it's strange. It's strange. Yeah, it is. I feel like there has to be to me, there is someone on the market, and there's some players out there that you could look at. You know, C.J. Crone, Matt Adams, Mitch Moreland, Jerko's still out there, Jake Lamb. Hell, I think even Travis Shaw is still out there. There's there's a lot of guys that I feel like any one of those players makes me feel more comfortable than just Dan Vogelbach. Yeah, absolutely. Jerko is kind of interesting because he'd be reuniting with the Brewers after essentially being one of the only bright spots offensively last year and could play first or third base. And mm-hmm. John, you recently wrote about this at reviewing the brew. What were, what was your kind of concluding thoughts on if he should come back or not? I mean, he absolutely should, especially if they're not going to sign one of these guys, if they're not going to go after a Moreland, a Franco, uh, like, or yeah, like, yeah, like you said, a bunch of those other guys, if they're not going to go after him, then what are they waiting for? Like what's, what is really the holdup to fill this roster and uh, like, the, but they could be waiting. But it's just so weird because uh, Gerico could, could fill in for either side of the infield. He would be there if Vogelbach doesn't work out. I think they saw some flashes of of Danny last year in the field where he wasn't terrible. But you don't know over a whole season he might be a liability. I think it was just because he there's so much control with him right now. Uh, I mean, they have control with him until 2024. That's huge for a player that could be a monster at the bat, much like an Aguilar or Thames. Uh, I think they're just hoping to strike lightning in a bottle again with someone like him. But but when you have someone like Mitch Moreland that you could pay six million a year to bring him in, that it's not he's an everyday first baseman for you. And if he and if Danny's going to be your DH, what's what's the holdup? This this fills seats. It completes a roster. It gives you a bigger chunk of the central. Like, I don't it's 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 baffling to me right now. Who knows? Whenever you release this, we, we could assign four players. But it's just <laughs> at this moment, it's frustrating. Yeah, and that's that's how it always goes on our podcast. We release something, and then of course, it's obsolete 25 <laughs> minutes after we drop it. So that does tend to happen. But I I completely agree with you. Something needs to give you at first third base. Um, there's obviously some other positions that we'll get to, but those two positions. I don't think any Brewer fan is going to feel comfortable going into the year with what we have currently. So that means I'm sure David Stearns, Craig Council, isn't capable or comfortable with that. So what is going on? Why are they trying to get these guys to sign for a little less money? Like what is going on that just no one has been signed? Because as we talked about, all of these guys are going to benefit the Brewers in 2020 as long as they don't have a Justin Smoke type of season. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm pretty sure Dan Vogelbach is going to fill the seats. Like, his jerseys are selling out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, th- there's a lot to like about him, honestly. I mean, I, I honestly think he can be the, the everyday first baseman. It's just that you need someone else for that position. You cannot just go into a season with, with just him. Uh, mm-hmm. I want him to work out. I think the fans loved him. He was a huge especially after the rotating at first base, you know, Logan Morrison, then you have, you know, then you, then you had smoke and they both were doing terrible. Do you sign someone else? And then, you know, then, then Jed did fine over there. He was great. 
um, defensively. And then, like you said, a bright spot in the offense. But then Vogelbach came in and just started just hit. I mean, that that was a hitter that that we needed. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It's it, He could be the answer, but you need that backup is, is my point. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing with Vogelbach that scares me a little bit is he's always been that power bat, but then all of a sudden he shows up in Milwaukee and he's hitting to opposite field. He's hitting up the middle and it's like he looks like a legit hitter. And I don't know how comfortable I would be to assume that he's going to start doing that again. In Milwaukee, 67 plate appearances, so it's not a huge sample size, but he was batting 328. And he hasn't been close to that throughout his career. He's had, he had in 2019, his on base percentage was 341. That's barely higher than, than what he was um, batting at in 2020 in Milwaukee. So that's something to me, like, I think I know what we're going to get out of him, and it's probably some power slugging, but. I don't really know if he's going to be able to maintain the batting average that we saw in 2020. So I, I know this is all kind of saying the same thing that yes, there's someone else needs <laughs> to be there. And I think Jed Jerko is perfect because then you can mm-hmm. have Jerko who plays third or can play third. And if Vogelbach's on, you can ride the hot hand, keep him at first, as long as he's not a complete liability there in the field. And I think really it comes down to is that Brewers fans are still kind of annoyed that, we let someone like Aguilar go. And I think it's just those cemented positions. Someone else had a great article I read too, where like, we haven't had a solid first baseman since Prince Fielder. And that's, that's frustrating when there was so many opportunities to, to do that. Uh, you know, they, I feel like they really panicked in 2019 to trade him because he was having a down year. And it turns out that, you know, it's, I hate those what if scenarios. I'm just being one of those guys, but he really ended up being a great player. He was a great clubhouse guy. He fit with the team. And he was just having a bad year. And Thames was still on the team. You can still switch with them. And it, it just seemed like such a weird trade to, you know, to get fair. It was a Feria, uh, Jake Feria. And then he did nothing for us. Like, so you gave away a, a great player for, for nothing because he was having a down year. Very frustrating. Yeah. One of the very few, we'll call it mistakes, that David Stearns has made, in all honesty, because he's been great with or been hit on pretty much everything he's done. But, yeah, I agree. That one was just really kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. I think the jury the jury's not out yet on that Yelich trade. So we have, <laughs> we got to wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So if the Brewers are going to bring in a first baseman, we mentioned some names, but I think the interesting part is all most of these other guys are lefties like Matt Adam, Mitch Moreland, they're a lefty and Vogelbach's obviously a lefty too. Um, obviously if there's a DH, you know, some one's, one of them's going to be playing all the time. So with the right-handed pitcher, or one of left-handed pitchers on the mound, you might have a little bit of a, a disadvantage there. Um, whereas CJ Crone on their hands, a right-handed batter. So like, do you want to see the Brewers try and pick up a right-handed bats? Would you do you care if it's another lefty, if they do end up signing someone here? Or what are you guys' thoughts on that? I don't have a strong thought, whether it's a righty or a lefty. Obviously the Miller Park thing, having a lefty probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but I, wouldn't limit myself if I was David Stearns to just a lefty at first base. You just need someone in there. Give me someone that is like replacement level or slightly above. It doesn't have to be a, you know, ridiculous Prince Fielder level player. At this point, we just need some baseline before we can actually upgrade the position because we're not going to be able to 
truly upgrade in this weird, weird off season. Yeah, I don't care. Just I just get somebody here. It's just fill your roster and get the central. It's there for the taking right now. It's it's one of those years where it's not we're it's not like last year when we were going into a bloodbath, which it was. And then especially before you know the pandemic hit, uh, going into the central was going to be an absolute bloodbath no matter what happened. Uh, I'll say bloodbath three more times before I end this thought. <laughs> but. <laughs> but but it, it, again, I think that's what's brewing in frustration right now for fans is that there is a good run at the central that we could do. And for this year to hold back, obviously money was is the big issue right now. I'm sure Mark is sweating and very worried about this year, how many fans will end up coming and how much will happen. And I'm sure that's a huge, you know, the thing, it just goes back to money ball of him asking for more money and the owner just straight up going, no, this is a small market team. But yeah, you gotta you gotta get those people. Just who cares? Get some people in here, make your fans happy, and and start playing baseball. Right, because right now it's like whoever doesn't lose the most is like going to be the favorite to win the NL Central. So automatically the Cubs are out of it, given everything they've lost. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be tough against the Cardinals again. Cardinals will probably be good for for because they always are, even though it doesn't make any sense on paper. Uh, they'll be good, and it'll be uh, it'll be us and them probably. I'm sure. I don't know those Pirates. Oh, the, the, those moves they're making, they're they are ready for a run. <laughs> yeah, maybe in like 2030 they're ready for a run. Cool. But <laughs> yeah, there yeah, uh, was it. Is it James Talion's going to be the next guy out in Pittsburgh, yeah. most likely? Making sense because they've traded everyone else. But they, you know, that's kind of another interesting thing. I don't think the Brewers will go out and get Talion at all, but the Brewers could use another like starting pitcher, depth rotationer, rotation veteran type player. So obviously we're not going to go out and sign Trevor Bauer or anything crazy like that. So is there anyone on the market that sticks out in your mind at all, Jen? Yeah, I've been wanting uh, Twan Walker for the, the the whole off season. I know everyone's written about it a million times. I keep throwing him in my articles just because I want him. Like I am like stalking him on Twitter. Every time he <laughs> posts, I comment about Milwaukee or I like his stuff or I just like insert myself. I, I think he's a great affordable candidate. You know, he's just one of those guys where he's coming back from an injury. Uh, last year he pitched pretty well, especially when he got traded to the Blue Jays. Uh, he pitched fantastic, and uh, he's just one of those guys. He's younger. He's, I think he's only 28. So, I mean, he's he's got a good signing and contract in him. And I, I, I don't know. I think he would fit great for this team. I, again, I don't know what they're waiting for. It's one of those guys that you can get out five, six million a year or maybe a little, a little even more. But again, so many pitchers are waiting to be signed. It's those floodgates that still have to be opened that people are worried about. Yeah. And that's something that we've said a couple times. He's been a name. I don't know, Tyler, when it was back in October or something, we were talking free agents and and that was one of the guys that stood out um, in our conversations as well. Outside of that, like I think he would probably be a number one for that kind of clearly not like ace level, but someone to solidify that rotation. That's kind of who I'm looking for. I'm also looking for someone to step up. So whether that be Hauser gets back to form, whether we can finally see Freddie Peralta thrive in the starting rotation, someone has to step up for this rotation to be very good. So we can all talk about signings as well, and, and I think that would be important. But 
you know, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff continue their ascent. And then we get Adrian Hauser, Freddie Peralta, someone else to step up. And then you add in a guy like Walker, then it's really looking like a formidable rotation. And then you have guys like Hayter, Williams on the back end. You have Yardley, who was good last year coming out of the pen. Drew Rasmussen's mm-hmm. coming up. That's starting to sound like a pretty formidable pitching, you know, both in the bullpen and starting rotation. So it, mm-hmm. I think solidifying the starting rotation with a signing and then hopefully we can see young guys continue to step up in basically all four of the guys I mentioned, Burns, Hauser, Peralta, and Woodruff. If they all step up, that starting rotation is going to be looking very, very good again this year. You got Lindholm, you've got Eric Lauer. Like you said, you've got plenty of people who who have the chance to step up. Hauser, I would oh, God, it's one of those guys you just hope that he gets it together because mm-hmm. he is some he has flashes of brilliance every year and then uh, it doesn't work out. I love the guy and it just um, honestly, in my opinion, I I think Peralta is a future closer. He's a future like he's a fastball bullpen guy. Uh, again, I would I would love if he could start, but I feel like he's he would be better used in the bullpen. Uh, but but you never know. But we've got him for four years now. I mean, he's he's ours to what we want to do with him. Yeah, I feel like I have to ask this next question because you are Brett Suter's actual Raptor. And right. he used to be a starter and got injured. And obviously last year, shortened season back in the bullpen. So channel your inner Raptor here. Are you going to be a full time bullpen pitcher, you think? Or is there ever a chance you're going to come back and be a starter? I think it's, he's going to be a hybrid, honestly. I think he's going to be one of those guys that does bullpen days and, and, and probably gets a couple starts here and there when people are, are injured. But otherwise, he's a he's a solid eatings in like middle of the innings. You know, if you can get your pitcher five innings, you throw someone like yeah, like a suitor or a Yardley for one or two. You got Williams and Hayter to finish it out. I mean, that's again, we have one of the best bullpens in baseball. I mean, the Dodgers did a hell of a job this offseason bolstering their bullpen and they're they're going to be dangerous too but uh maybe i'm just missing teams in the american league but uh, the brewers have one of the best bullpens in baseball uh front to back uh they just they're just getting it done so it's it's hard not to be happy about that and Suter just like i said i think he'll be a good hybrid uh it's hard to distinguish him i don't have a stutter it just did not come out. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, he Suter did start four games last year in like, yep. you know, those emergency spots. Obviously we all want to forget about the playoff game. He was Oof. a little nervous for that one. Yeah. I want to forget my Twitter that game. <laughs> oh that, man. It's not a fun night. That's got to be one of the negatives of having a, a player fan account. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, well, take a look and take a look at the rest of the market here. Is there anyone else that catches your guys' eyes to be a potential fit here for the Brewers? I just want to say, and I don't know how many people agree with me, but to me, there is other ways to better this team than the catcher position. I think Omar Narvaez is going to be back to the Omar Narvaez we used to see. So I don't think spending money and resources on the catcher position makes a lot of sense to me. He's a career about 270 hitter. I am imagining it was above 270 before this terrible year. Um, but about, let's say 270, on base percentage of 350, slugging percentage almost 400, OPS of 750. 
this is a guy that I expect to get closer to that or maybe beyond and progress to the mean because he was terrible in 2020. And I have a lot of faith that he's going to be back to the player that we expected we were getting going into the 2020 season rather than the one that we actually got. I would agree with that. I mean, the, the numbers coming up, I think there was someone just like a friend share with me about how, how this offense is, is rated to be, you know, just as bad as last year. And that, that's, that's, that can't possibly be the case. There's no way that Yelich here, uh, like you said, Narvaez, uh, Avi, they're all not going to be as bad this year. And if mm-hmm. they are, we have a serious problem with, we're back to the, you know, the, the 2014 collapse or 2015 yeah. collapse. Here. And if that happens, it doesn't matter who the Brewers sign because if that no. happens again, it's going to be the same thing over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like Jake uh, Odorizzi. I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right. The pitcher from uh, from Minnesota, Tampa Bay. But then again, here's the frustrating thing because because when I'm trying to get articles for reviewing the Brew, I'm like trying to look through that that those free agent people on those position things that we need, you know, starting pitcher, first base, third base, and you start looking and you're going down. It's like, who's this random person? Is this person going to be fun for an article? Like you do. And I just start researching them and you find out that like all these pitchers and all these players are kind of the same, but they're going to get like big money. Like Jake is going to get big money probably. Mm-hmm. And last year he had a 6.5 ERA, like over his career, it's almost a four. Is that any different than Adrian Hauser? When you look at ERA, I mean, that's when you. That's what it comes down to. It's like you could sign Jake to a nice contract, but is he going to have a five ERA next year? It's very possible. And then there's eight Daniel Robertsons who we just signed. I mean, really, there are. There's like eight or nine of them out there that could be great as a as a platoon player, or they're going to be terrible. You know, uh, it, you just don't know. It, like last year, it, Sogard could have worked out. Brock Holt could have worked out. It, they just didn't. It's just that it's one of those weird things that I feel like there's so many players right now that are in that range that there's going to be like four or five players that in that that teams are going to grab that are going to be great. And the rest is kind of a crapshoot, which is frustrating. Right. I feel like if the Brewers go out and sign Orderizzi, it like remind me just so much of the Matt Garza contract where he just comes in and you're stuck paying him all this money. And he's like you said, probably has like a five ERA or worse. So the only cool thing with Order is, is he has Milwaukee ties because we drafted him way back in, I don't know, the early 2010s, I think it was. So um, it would be kind of cool to see him reunited that way, but not unless he's willing to take a pay cut. No, and I feel like I saw rumors, too, that people were getting close, and they just seemed like the, the deals seemed way, way too big. Yeah, something's got to give here as we uh, get closer to spring training approaching. Like That's a month from now, essentially, is when the first game is scheduled to be played. So that is coming up way too soon, and there is, like like we said, a lot of holes to be filled yet, and it's a lot of the same people that have been there all off season. So we'll just kind of keep holding our breath for now. Maybe Stearns works out a magic trade. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. Only time will tell. I mean, it was January 25th when we uh, acquired Kane and Yelich a couple years ago, so... We're right around that time where we can work some magic. But So you're saying Monday we're going to have some magic? Absolutely. <laughs> well, the Packers in the Super Bowl and <laughs> the right Brewers after the re- signing. <laughs> right after we release this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, is there any pitcher that isn't like linked to the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Angels? Or Mets? Is like... I'm really tired of seeing this article every five minutes is, is another pitcher is linked to these four teams as if there's not 20 other teams looking at these guys possibly signing them. Right. Now the Padres going to go get anyone else. They've already took everyone off the market. So <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of the same teams. Very frustrating indeed. 
But thanks for joining us, John. This was a, a fun topic here on a, a Saturday night. Just want to put that out there. We record this before the Packer game in case anyone gets angry. So. Yeah. <laughs> can you remind us well, one more time, John, uh, where we can find the work that you do? Oh, sure. Oh, oh it's done. Uh, we're at Brewers Raptor on Twitter. Um, also, if you want to find any of my stuff, it's on uh, johneganstuff.com. Um, so if you just Google that or John Egan Comedy, you'll pull up all my stuff. I've done, you know, writing, stand-up, podcasts, other videos and stuff. So uh, if you want to find me, go on there. Otherwise, yeah, probably follow my, my Brewers Twitter and, and go from there. I try my absolute best every day to not like or tweet anything political. It only fails 5% of the time. It's just, it was, <laughs> 2020 was a weird year, I, but it's, it's, like a, it's like a dead set focus to not, to stick on sports. That's what Twitter is meant for. Unless, of course, you're posting pictures of Bernie somewhere. That's the only exception. So that's very true. That's, <laughs> yeah. By the time we by the time we release this, people will be angry still talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, guys.